This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director since 1977. It's the longest-running radio talk show program, continuous for uh, the same uh, host, I guess you might say, in radio history in Sioux Falls. Going to be talking about a topic of Israel, uh, the community of Israel, uh, Jewish population in Sioux Falls in the area, with Stephen Rosendahl, Administrator, Facebook Group for South Dakotans for Israel. And Steve, I, I know talking before, or Stephen, there's not as many in the Jewish community as some people might think. The South Dakota Jewish community is the smallest Jewish community of any state in the country. We're really not sure how many. Demographically, we think maybe three to 400 mm-hmm. in the entire state, of which probably half live in Sioux Falls or the Sioux Falls area. However, it's a wonderful place to live and uh, have always been upfront about my Jewishness and have never had really anybody complain or be threatening or anything, or I've never felt threatened that uh, by being kind of an outspoken Jewish member of our community. Well, we are founded on a Judeo-Christian platform as far as the United States uh, originally. Uh, I would say, you know, maybe you're not in large numbers in South Dakota, but I would say probably a very large percentage of South Dakotans have probably visited Israel. I find that interesting. I never would have thought of that. I mean, many of my Christian friends, and I'm, I'm fortunate to have many Christian friends, uh, most of them haven't been to Israel, but they seem to be very pro-Israel, really from their religious point of view initially, and then to see what is happening uh, ethic, ethically uh, in Israel. Is, they're uh, much more supportive of Israel. Talking to Stephen uh, Rosenthal, Administrator of Facebook Group of South Dakotans for Israel. Uh, this program I've been doing since 1977, and in the mid-80s, I interviewed uh, the Israeli ambassador was in Sioux Falls. And I was asked to interview, because back then we were on KPLO and KDLO almost statewide. And I kept uh, referring to him that in the Bible it says there will be another war uh, for Israel. And he kind of uh, would... Uh, kind of deter from that, but I kept bringing it up. Uh, it does say in the Bible that there will be another war uh, Israel will have, and the great bear will come down from the north. I don't know if that's Russia or Turkey or Iran or, or whatever is in the prophecy. And one thing I just found out last night, I asked my AI about some of these questions, and it said that Nostradamus predicted a war in 2023 and they were thinking that what meant the Ukraine war, but it says, uh, the AI said that uh, it actually follows a little bit more with the Israeli-Hamas war. Uh, Nostradamus, uh, the Bible, both having some predictions, I guess you might say, uh, revelations. Uh, um, the uh, A lot of the Israeli history is of war. Um, if you go back to, you know, them having to uh, defend themselves. Uh, Stephen, uh, well, let me say this about this ambassador. I got a letter about a month later asking me if I wanted to come over to Israel. It would be all taken care of. All I had to do was make it to New York, and everything else would be taken care of for two weeks. And Evans Nord, our manager, he said, you sure it was for you? I thought maybe that was for me. But the uh, thing, it was for me. And just, you know, like a letter, almost, you know, very few words uh, from Israel, and 
I made it to New York. I, I got to give you this story because it was interesting how difficult it was. Um, I left Sioux Falls, and of course, we hit a blizzard and got stuck in Des Moines. And I said, I got to get to New York or I'm going to miss this opportunity. And so I, I made enough noise at 3 in the morning, I guess, that they put me on a flight from Northwestern up to Minneapolis where I could make it to New York. And it was one of those deals where you have to take a, a Pan Am helicopter from one uh, part of New York to the LaGuardia, whichever. And that was fogged in. So it was like, give a taxi cab driver $50. I got to be there in 40 minutes type of thing. And when I got in line, I got there in time, got, got in line, and a lady came up to me with a suitcase, very pretty lady, said, um, could you take this with you on your baggage? My sister will pick it up uh, when you arrive in Israel. And I said, no, I, I jokingly told the person at the uh, head of the ticket gate that, and all of a sudden I was whisked into a separate room. <laughs> that was how they got bombs on airplanes. Mm-hmm. And LL Airlines only flies at night. And, you know, at least back in the in the 80s. And it was interesting because we stopped, it's, it's, I think, an 11-hour flight. It's five 6,000 miles. Mm-hmm. We stopped in Ramstein, Germany, to refuel. And I looked out the window, and there was a tank guarding the airplane. Uh, Steve, is this anything with the, you've been to Israel quite a few times. Have you followed well, with any of that? I certainly have. And the, the security from the Israelis is outstanding. It's, I mean, I think it's recognized as probably the best in the world. And, and I've certainly had the same feelings uh, as you. I remember, actually, my wife and I went to Israel her first time, my second, for our, for our honeymoon. And that was 1974. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I mean, we were taking individually everyone who was getting on the El Al flight into a little kind of kiosk room. I mean, it, it, uh, basically, they asked you a whole bunch of questions. Um, I think they would have frisked you if you didn't answer them in the way that they wanted to. And, uh, I mean, I've had experiences other times. I went with another friend of mine from here who had never been from Israel. This was about oh, 1997. And uh, he, we stopped in Amsterdam. We flew at that time northwest. Um, and uh, the guards, first of all, they're standing there with Uzi machine guns in the terminal in Amsterdam. And he, they asked him why he was going to Israel. I mean, my passport had stamps going there numerous times already. And he said, well, I'm Jewish. I want to go visit our homeland. And, I mean, I guess that was good enough. But I remember he, w- he was shocked. Then I had another experience. And this was probably five years ago. Um, I was in line to get at the ticket counter. I mean, and the line's long. I mean, it's, and you have to go through security. And... I mean, I'm at the, you know, there's probably 300 people in front of me. Anyway, so while I'm standing in line, I started making conversation with a lady whom I had no idea who she was. And anyway, it turns out she was a, uh, a doctor from um, Ottawa, Canada. And we get to the front of the line to the security, and they asked me a couple of questions, and I'm getting ready to go to the ticket counter. And they went, uh-uh, hold on a minute aren't you two together? And I went, no, I just stopped and started visiting with her in line. Meanwhile, they 
go find some other security agents. Bring and they interrogated her for thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and would not let me go till they were done interrogating her. I mean, it's just I'm going. You know, I want to get on my plane. I'm afraid I'm going to miss it. But again, you feel a lot more secure knowing that they are doing everything they can to ensure that all their passengers are, are, are safe. I believe they held the plane while they interrogated me. It was really just like in TV, an interrogation room with a desk and a, you know, um, the the purpose of the of the uh, trip that the, the Israeli ambassador gave me was to come over and see for yourself how it's not at all like what you read in the newspaper here. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. But when I got over there, it was they were right. They were saying, you know, how come uh, the Madison, South Dakota newspaper has an article on Israel every other week? And I started to think about, well, yeah, why do they? <laughs> Madison, South Dakota. Um, it was a wonderful trip. Uh, had a great time and saw some beautiful things that uh, you could you could tell everybody over there was had a sense of purpose. Uh, there was uh, uh, high paid lawyers that gave up their whole uh, L.A. Uh, uh, office to come over and and you know be part of Israel. Uh, what they did with agriculture, I think, uh, helped even people in South Dakota. Um, the uh, so many things. Tel Aviv was like what San Francisco could be before it deteriorated. Uh, but the uh, thing is, yeah, I might have taken a picture along the border where I shouldn't have, or, and my uh, bureau was, was actually shuffled and my film disappeared. <laughs> and it was quite common. Uh, you know, we were with people from, I think, uh, Canadian and U.S. Uh, owned newspapers. Uh, a gal from KSFY came with me. Um, but we knew that our phone calls were monitored when we called back to report to, you know, I'd call back to the news person here. We knew that they were monitored, and if we started talking too much about something, click, it was cut. But this this was something you see out of, um, you know, a spy movie. And this was like 1985. Um, the taxi cabs in one small town that we were, uh, well, there would be the Israeli town, and then there'd be an Arab town mm-hmm. close by. But we'd go to shop at the Arab town, but all the, all the taxi drivers quit at 5 o'clock. There isn't any evening taxi service. Uh, just some of the things that you have to get used to. And the transportation was all, you know, they, they thought we were crazy if we have two cars. I mean, they get everywhere they want with public transportation. I'm talking to Stephen Rosenthal, basically been hearing me for the last five minutes. <laughs> but uh, he, you're the administrator of Facebook group, South Dakota's for Israel. And why did you start that Facebook, uh, you know, to begin with? Well... God, that's really a difficult question to answer because we started it so long ago. But it's just we felt that we've had such good reception from many of our non-Jewish friends who just want to try to stay up to date as to what's going on with Israel. Uh, And so we just went online and said this is just another avenue for a place for you to look at the information that we provide now you can say well we only provide certain side of the information that may be true but we do the best we can to represent israel to the mostly south dakota community that is on that i I think everybody knows you know like you say it's not a very large community but i I think everybody would know somebody that's jewish uh, in in their neighborhood i dated a jewish girl for a little while um but the uh, uh the thing is uh 
are these people that were born in the United States, or did they come here from Israel? Pardon, for we're, South Dakotans? Yeah, for the community. There are very few, I mean, as small as our population is, there are very few Israelis that live there. But there, I mean, it's probably a handful, uh, you know, of families that uh, have moved to Sioux Falls that I know of, maybe to the other parts of the state as well, that I'm not really aware of. And they, uh, but, you know, I think that they are very upfront about being Israel, being pro-Israel. And uh, I, I think that, you know, they are very representative of the Israeli population. Stephen, do you have any uh, kids? Yes, I do. I have uh, a son and a daughter. Unfortunately, neither of them live in South Dakota. They both went to college away and never, I mean, they've been back, but they really, they never moved back. Uh, daughter who lives in Austin, Texas with two sons, so two grandsons there. And my son lives in Lawrence, Kansas. I say, well, I always tell people he went to the University of Kansas, never left. And he has a, he and his wife have a son and who's actually a senior in high school. Interestingly, um, july last year uh our whole family my wife and i uh, my daughter and her husband and her two younger sons and then my uh my son and his wife the this one grandson is a big soccer player and he has played um futsal which is kind of indoor soccer he's been on the u.s national team and he went to Israel for what's called the Maccabi Games. He was selected as a member of the U.S. under-16 age group mm-hmm. uh, at the time to play in the Maccabi Games. And um, so we all went to watch him in Israel. Most of the time was spent in Haifa. But I don't know if you remember. Most people don't or wouldn't know about it. But uh, at the opening of the Games, which was in Jerusalem, President Biden was there. And, uh, you know, and of course, the security for all that was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, when, when I was in Israel, Senator Dashiell was there too. Of course, he stayed at the the Star of David Hotel, you know. Um, but they were, you know, like I say, that was that was such an experience when I came back because it, it, it was nothing like what we see in the news here in in Sioux Falls. You know, nothing like it at all. Um, Stephen Rosenthal, the administrator of Facebook group South Dakotans for Israel. Now, if you're son and daughter going back to when they were going to college if they said well i want to go to cornell or i want to go to harvard now would you have second doubts about that with what's happening today i certainly would yeah i mean what we are seeing on the university campuses specifically you know especially on the coast but even in the hinterland i mean the rise of anti-semitism and really putting just because we're jewish putting us automatically to say well we're inhumane because of what goes on in israel it really it reminds me, I think, and I'm and not fearful for where I live, but fearful for our community uh, around the country, is that this is the way the Nazis started mm-hmm. in the 30s. And what happened then, you know, yes, the, the Jewish population was decimated in, in Western in Europe. And just, it's horrid to see that we have people that think that what Hamas did, when we truly saw the face of evil on October the 7th, where people were murdered, uh, mutilated, burned, we could go on and on to all the barbaric treatment that they were, and then these animals, what I want to describe them as, brazenly exposing what they were doing on social media and using the phones of the people that they were 
killing and torturing so that their families would see what they were doing to their people is just beyond the pale, just way beyond the pale. When I was in Israel, I went through the the museum. Um, Yad Vashem, yes. Most people never make it through it. I got about halfway, and I had to go out and sit down and almost throw up. Um, there was a, uh, they had pictures, and there was a picture of someone that had a name very similar to mine, almost looked like me, and it could, like I say, I'm so lucky I was born here in South Dakota, but uh, the term never again, I thought, well, of course, nobody's going to want to do anything like this again. Um, I don't know why, but why is there so much anti-Semitic aspects of, of today? That is really a good question to me. I, I don't really have an answer, but anti-Semitism is really the oldest form of discrimination in history. It goes back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh wanted to murder all the Jewish boys that were born. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, these were didn't he have other slaves? Why did he pick on this group and say these were going to? I mean, and we can go on through history, time and time again. I mean, I would have some of my Christian evangelical friends will say, because you're the chosen people. Well, uh, I wouldn't go there, but it's been it, – it's terrible. I mean, and as you're saying, never again. We just – the Holocaust was less than 80 years ago, the end of it. Mm-hmm. And here we're seeing – and we still have people alive who were alive then, and we're seeing this hatred uh, come back. It, it's just – it's truly scary. Again, talking to Stephen Rosenthal, administrator of Facebook group South Dakotans for Israel. Um, the Can I say one more thing? Yes, of course. I mean, and for the non-Jews, the Gentile community is something that um, you need to really be aware of. I mean, yes, we know that roughly six million Jews were murdered by the Nazis in war, you know, during the Holocaust. But there were also six million others who died in the concentration camps that weren't Jewish. And then if you want, well, then there was literally a million American soldiers, I don't know what the breakdown was, but were either wounded or, or killed in World War II, and that something like 80 million other people died because of that war. And if we had stopped the festering of that anti-Semitism way early, I would say like Winston Churchill wanted to, he recognized that Hitler was a, a horrible person and what he was trying to do if we was had stopped much earlier then not only would the jews not have been murdered but so many other people who died because of it going back to the crusades if it wasn't for the byzantines uh, most of europe would be muslim right now um the uh, history is is something that people need to look at um I, I had an ai give me some answers the other day and and it was you know trying to be very uh particular in the fact that there's so much false information uh, especially on Facebook, TikTok and those places right now um, what do you want to say to you know, uh, the ordinary person who um, reads about Israel in the Bible every day and maybe wanted to go visit Israel or has um, and really doesn't know what's, how, how can you know what? everything seems to be upside down Well, there's a a couple of things um, that I don't think people are really aware of that we we keep seeing because of the – I'll just go on on our media that we see is that, yes, we see today 
Israel bombing Gaza and people dying. But you know, and we talk about war crimes and crimes against humanity, but I was just actually had uh, somebody sent me um, information which would have been from the Geneva Convention and it's called the Laws of Armed Conflict. And war crimes are when you put military installations inside civilian areas, you now make that civilian area a war zone. Okay, when you use human shields, you're, you, it's a war crime. Can you imagine if I had five people standing in front of me and I'm shooting at you and you try to shoot me? You're, the war crime is you killing those innocent people that I put in front of myself? You know, the population or the media today doesn't want seem to want to address that. Hamas shoots and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, they shoot rockets indiscriminately at Israel, hoping to kill civilians. I don't hear anybody yelling and screaming about that as being war crimes. I only hear about that, oh, you know, Israel has, you know, attacked this building, which they go overboard trying to make sure that the civilians get out of the way. I mean, even today, we see before they went into Gaza, uh, physically with armor and troops and whatever, they told the Gazans in the northern half of the Gaza Strip, we're getting ready to invade. You need to get to the south, which there are, we, which there are being set up humanitarian zones. And the people, many of the people left, but then they got to the point Hamas told them not to go, and it was actually there's evidence that Hamas has been shooting at people trying to escape, because to them, they want to have these human shields. Again, we're talking to Stephen Rosenthal, administrative Facebook group, South Dakota, and support Israel. Um, you know, Israel is actually sending hundreds of trucks into Gaza for relief and food um, and aid uh, themselves. Uh, it's good to research everything because there is so much false information. Uh, but how does that make you feel when they tear down pictures of those who are kidnapped in, in uh, uh, American cities? <laughs> Would we be doing that if it was something with Black Lives Matter? Would we be doing it if it was LGBTQ? I mean, you know, why is it that only when we tear down pictures of Jews do, you know, is that it's okay? I mean, to me, it's, again, I feel blessed to live in South Dakota. I have never felt threatened, you know, because of anti-Semitism. But to see what has gone on in other places and see that happen, I, I, I mean, I'm just dumbfounded, truly. Well, you might say you're a, you're a small group, three to five hundred people in South Dakota. But uh, if you go to is it Mount Zion Cemetery? Yes. Uh, you'll see that the history of the Jewish community here goes way back to our beginning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Mount Zion congregation's over a hundred years old, and uh, you know, and hopefully we'll be here for more than another hundred years. <laughs> well, in your opinion, um, are you afraid for your grandchildren? Yes, but even more, I mean, yes, because they're Jewish. Yes, I'm afraid, but I'm afraid, and this goes back because of the political divide in our country. I mean, as we had seen in Israel previously, is uh, we're not fostering to make this country better for everybody. And I mean, and that that bothers me. And then to put anti-Semitism and what we're seeing specifically on the campuses, but also we've seen marches. We saw marches in New York for pro-Hamas demonstrators. Yes, I'm still also concerned about that as well. 
I'm hoping to do a program next month uh, about discrimination against Catholics in Sioux Falls. We had KKK parades up Main Avenue and up the pounding on the front door of the cathedral because they thought they were stocking arms to take over America because there was a Catholic uh, candidate for president. and They thought the Pope was going to run the country. Um, discrimination in, in, in religion. But the worst war is a religious war, and the between the, uh, these two religions has been going on since 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 uh, uh, centuries. Is it ever going to win? You know that's really difficult, in my opinion. Um, I don't. I in some respects you can laugh. I blame God. Why did you put this gene in human beings that if you know if I don't like you know what how you pray i'm going to kill you i mean that and we've seen that through all throughout history and you know and that's one of those deals i mean this is really getting into some to me religious stuff but you know um the term for for israel comes from the bible when jacob was renamed by the angel to be israel but the, it means struggles with god and jews today still struggle with god i mean like i'm saying i've got this gene i or, or whatever it is um i struggle with a lot of things that have happened as to how did god let it happen however i want to want to believe is that maybe there is some plan you know as to why it had to happen I, there is a cartoon where there's a ufo flying over earth and they're looking down and says yeah they're they're, they're fighting each other as to who's the most peaceful <laughs> Um, and it's kind of like you wake up and you say, okay, which chapter of Revelations am I in today? Uh, Because there is so many references um, that uh, people can can look at. For the, like I say, we're a uh, Judeo-Christian-American founder uh, of our country here. Uh, Are we uh, going to be in, in jeopardy of losing that? We have so many people coming into our country from, you know, open borders and all that type of thing. I want to believe that the values of America will stay the values of America. I want to, I, you know, I'm idealist, I guess, is that the things that, you know, America has done in the last 250 years or whatever the number is, is something we need to be proud of, something we need to support, and something we need to hope that it continues to go for a long time into the future and i mean yeah sorry to be political running you know, ronald reagan said we're the last great hope of civilization you know that light on the hill and i want to believe that that's going to continue if you look through history there's a cycle of 300 years where most uh, any government back to the egyptians and so on where after a while too much regulation too much taxes or, or whichever there's kind of an upheaval and we're at 250 years so maybe we're heading towards that 300 cycle who knows uh stephen rosenthal um administrator facebook south dakotans for israel um i'm sure everybody that we're talking to knows somebody of the jewish community uh sometime or somewhere in in their neighborhood or family uh, again this was kind of surprising it took a lot of people um off guard and especially the anti-semitism um what, what do you think that's coming from well, the, the it's something we really people have seen the anti-Semitism. You just haven't 
wanted to address it. Uh, there have been incidents, I look back, I'm a graduate of the University of Texas in Austin, a long time ago. And there were incidences there when these called student, the organization, uh, Student Justice for, for Peace, or, or, and, and, or for Palestine, excuse me, Student Justice for Palestine, and where they have gone in and, uh, you know, yelled and screamed when they would have uh, Jewish or Israeli speakers forums. Uh, they uh, work with the uh, student body organizations, and they've had where Jews have been thrown thrown off the organizations. I mean, this not just at the University of Texas. But this is in many of the major universities of the country, and it, I find it again crazy. Why hasn't the university administration, or they may say, oh, well, you know, it, it's all free speech. Well, even in this, you know, is that free speech has limits. When it's hateful speech, that, that's no longer protected. When it's, you know, when you're looking to harm people or to discriminate against them, that is not the free speech that we're allowed to have. Politics and religion are a um, bad combination. Uh, Stephen Rosendahl, an administrator for Facebook group South Dakotans for Israel, wanted to give a voice to what you say is a small community uh, here in South Dakota, but um, we hope to hear more, and, and thank you very much for, for joining us on Forum. Well, thank you very much for having me, John. It's been an honor and a privilege to be able to visit with you.